My best Santa Claus impression, Ron, the jolly old elf from the North Pole is busy. He's probably really busy up there right now. The elves are hard at it. They're going over the lists. They're checking them twice. Hopefully you've submitted your list already. But if you happen to be somebody who's a little tough to buy for, that's why we have the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Financial stocking stuffers, Ron, for anybody who's an investor or maybe contemplating investing, you go over the, the books that you've read over the last year and you pick out the best ones. You always highlight this as for an idea for somebody who's hard to buy for, right? Books are something that I know you and I are voracious readers, uh, Gord. And generally, if my kids can't figure out what to buy me, which is often because uh, I'm not a shopper, uh, I don't shop till I drop, I, but books are something, if, you've, if I'm interested in a topic, you can give me a book as a present for birthdays or, or other times of the year, and I'm just happy to receive it. So if you've got some of those people on your list that are uh, financial junkies, and you're trying to figure out what to get them for Christmas, because they have just about everything, think about a book. And I have uh, read uh, a lot of books this year, and usually what I do is I just take the best five or six that I found that are really good, and I'll highlight them as uh, in, uh, kind of opportunities that you can get someone who's typically hard to buy for at this time of year, but is, is probably going to benefit a lot from some of the choices if they you pick up one of the names on this list. Okay, so let's start off uh, off the list, and you've, you've got a bunch of them here, and some are a little bit more of a chew than others, but the one that, that's on your number one, 100 baggers, stocks that return 100 to 1 and how to find them. Uh, the book was written by Chris Meyer, and what I found interesting is Meyer looks at the very small universe of stocks that have grown in value at least 100 times and identifies the characteristics that allow uh, or have allowed them to achieve these phenomenal gains. So this is an excellent primer on what to look for in a great company. So you might never get a 100-bagger in your portfolio, and a 100-bagger means that it's uh, gone up 100 times in value. But if you get enough 10s and 20-baggers, and, <laughs> and enough triples, you're going to do just fine. But the, the key here is that the, this book tells you the ingredients that these companies have as far as management, as far as product, as far as, as uh, fiscal discipline, as far as marketing, to, to go the distance. So if you want to learn what makes a great company, this is one of the best books that I've read ever. So I highly recommend it. Hunter Baggers, it's written by Chris Meyer. Okay, this book, uh, this is now a couple of editions behind it, The Motley Fool Investment Guide. Yeah, this is particularly the third edition we're looking at, and it's How's of the Fools Beat uh, Wall Street's Wise Men and How You Can Too. And it's uh, written by two brothers, Dave and Tom Gardner. So Dave and Tom have not only written The Motley Fool Investment Guide and updated it, so it's the third edition you want, uh, but they also have a podcast called Motley Fool. And so they they look at various growth stocks every week. So if you're a growth investor, uh, this tag team has a book and a weekly podcast that would be just great for you. But in between the two of them, 
They'll give you pretty much all the tools you need to find stocks with lots of growth potential. They have an advisory service. They have uh, so that you can subscribe to get their their picks. They even have a management service so that if you don't want to do this yourself, you can turn your money over to them. They've had great results, and they focused on areas that, frankly, uh, are hard to do on your own. Growth stocks have a lot of upside but also have a lot of downside. People have been very, very burned. So rather than just try to do it yourself, um, get the book, listen to Motley Fool, uh, maybe even subscribe to their research. Uh, these will give you some of the tools you need if you want to look at growth stocks, especially areas like tech and software and things like that. They do a, a very commendable job there. Okay, with everything that's been going on of late, uh, with all of the spending that governments have done, we all know that right now interest rates are the highest they've been in quite some time. This one ties into that. The price of time, the real story of interest. This book is written by a scholar. His name's Edward Chancellor. And so this is a heavy book. And uh, if you've got a bit of an academic or someone who likes uh, deep material to read, uh, you can buy this, but you want to bite it off a little at a time. I generally found I was reading about five pages at a time and chewing on it because there's a lot here. The book starts out tracing the history of how loans and debt came into being and how interest rates on that debt were determined. So if you ever wondered how are interest rates determined, this book gives you a lot of practical uh, nuts and bolts examples of, of how that happened. And the, I found the most interesting part of the book, though, is the, the second half where they go into a detailed analysis of central bankers, low interest rate policies, and how they've been very, very destructive for savers, for investors, and for the economy as a whole. So if you, like me, just sat there for years wondering why would the government do this and what are the ultimate effects going to be on the overall economy, uh, this is a book that, that is really worth the read. But like I say, if you don't like heavy economic textbooks, this probably isn't for you. But there's enough people out there that are regular listeners to our show that like this kind of stuff, and I certainly do, that I made sure I put it on the list. Central bankers' low interest rate policies and how they're destructive for savers. If you have money in a savings account, you don't have to look very far to get proof of that. <laughs> oh, totally. Or what inflation has done to you when inflation has been higher than the rate. You know, you've had negative rates of return for years. Uh, what that's done for re people wanting to retire and how it's destroyed their savings. Well, uh, you know, you just hope some of the politicians read this stuff and some of the central bankers because uh, this is th th this would be a good um, lesson for them just to remind themselves that, you know, inflation isn't the only thing that uh, or and the economy aren't the only thing. There's there's knockoff effects here that that have hurt a lot of people. And you need to be paying attention to that. This one I'm looking for, I'm going to pick this one up, Power Failure, The Rise and Fall of an American Icon. Ron, you know, I can remember when I first started investing, uh, I remember you and I were talking, to, and we, you had to have General Electric in your portfolio. You just did. They were just a, a monolithic company for so many years, I guess back when they were led by Jack Welsh, right? Yeah, Jack Welsh, uh, I'll, I'll try not to uh, take away... Uh, too much of what the book talks about. But, you know, General Electric was the company that uh, was invented or started by Thomas Edison. And for, like you say, a century, it was literally 
the admired, innovative, and one of the most profitable companies in America. And if you wanted exposure to a broad brush of American industrial might and savvy thinking, this is the place you went. And so this is a story of how the company became great. So it goes back and covers its 100-year history, and then how it fell and had a very near brush with bankruptcy. So the investor, what it does for you, it provides clues on what you look for in a great company, and it also gives you warning signs of when you want to start steering clear, when companies start losing that core mission that they have. And that's certainly what happened uh, to General Electric. So this book is very, very well written. In fact, it reads like a novel. So if you have someone that likes uh, business and corporate history and wants a book that isn't too heavy, but there's lots of information here, I highly recommend this book. It was, it was just a great read. I think I read it in three nights, and it's above 450, 500 pages. It just grips you. The writing is very good. It's very clear. It's very easy to read. And uh, I think you could buy this book for almost anyone, and they would enjoy it. Power Failure, The Rise and Fall of an American Icon. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> when you put that on the list, I, I, I went back, I did a little research, I looked up Mr. Welsh, who passed away just a couple of years ago, I think. Boy, you know, from a guy who was such an industrial titan, he, he kind of took it on the chin laterally, didn't he? Well, he did a lot of things, especially leverage the company's balance sheet up and uh, put it in into areas where they didn't have a lot of expertise. And so, you know, there was uh, other CEOs that came after him that just made the situation worse. But a lot of people look at his last few years in the company as really setting it up for the tremendous difficulty it had years later. So uh, this book is very clear on this. It doesn't try to, to whitewash or paint over any of these issues. And uh, that's the charm of the book. It really exposes these people for, for the fact that they're actually human beings. And Jack Walsh, uh, Welsh was looked at as being uh, an icon, and it sort of washes away some of the veneer, and you get to see not only his good points, which the book certainly talks about, uh, but it also talks about some of the things he did that really hurt the company later on. Okay, this next one uh, kind of hits close to home. We've we've heard a lot about this if you follow goings-on, especially, it seems, you know, it's right across the country, but particularly in British Columbia. This is Willful Blindness, how a network of narcos, tycoons, and the Chinese Communist Party agents infiltrated the West. Yeah, it's written by Sam Cooper, and you're starting to see a lot of pushback on politicians. Because what's happened, this book shows how Asian gangs use Canadian casinos, and certainly it started in B.C., uh, where typically you had politicians and the elite turned their backs and pretended not to notice because the casinos were making so much money and a lot of that filtered into, into government coffers. But it spread all across Canada. I mean, casinos in Alberta, all across the prairies in Ontario and Quebec. Uh, you had a lot of Asians... Uh, gangs that were, and 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 it even they connected with South American gangs. They connected, so there was a lot of of illegal money that was uh, floating through the casinos, and then they set up their own uh, banking 
systems that were run out of basements with piles of money. And so all of a sudden you saw that uh, money was being laundered from drugs, from prostitution, from other uh, black market activities into the Canadian financial and real estate markets in this country. And, and really it shows how the politicians and everybody just turned their backs and didn't want to talk about this, especially uh, with some of this. There's, there's connections with the, the Communist Party in China. Some of the top leaders in the country were involved in helping and facilitating these, these Chinese operations to get money over here. And so uh, Sam Cooper covers this in detail. And, of course, he has been uh, uh, called to the, to, uh, the U.S., to uh, testify uh, before the courts. Uh, he's been uh, in Canada. He's made a number of testimonies. He's been used as an expert witness. The guy's really done a lot of homework on this topic. And so if one of the reasons you're wondering why uh, there's a lot of Ferraris out here on the West Coast and why real estate prices, especially in the lower mainland, have gone through the roof, well, part of it is this. You look at the massive amounts, the billions and hundreds of billions of dollars that have been pumped into the Canadian financial system, really, uh, through uh, washing the money and making it legal. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a sordid tale. And uh, here again, it, it tends to be, toward the end of the book, it get a little bit tedious because he repeats some of the stories that are different people, but they're doing the same thing. But I found the book absolutely fascinating, and it, it goes a long way to explain uh, what has gone on and also why the politicians have turned their back. And, and really, we're only until recently starting to see them take, take action to try and plug some of the loopholes that have brought so much uh, laundering into this country. Okay, the final one on the list is Chip War, the fight for the world's most critical technology. You know, this book is written by Chris Miller, and it's a fascinating, it's an easy-to-read book. The book starts off as a history of chip development, of course, which took place in Texas and Silicon Valley, quickly moves forward to discuss how indispensable chips are to our economic futures and the fight the West will have to maintain that supremacy, especially the... This has become a real war between uh, United States, uh, Europe, and Asia, uh, who will have not only developed the fastest chips with the best um, software and hardware in them, but also going all the way down the food chain to the, um, the countries and the companies that really control things like silicone and lead and things like that. So this is a fascinating book. And it talks about how chips are developed, and it cuts through a lot of the technical stuff and makes it very, very easy to understand. So this is a must-read for any tech investor. If you're thinking of investing in any kind of technology at all, most of it involves uh, chips. And so I'd highly recommend this book. I, I read it in a couple of sittings. It is uh, fascinating, and there's sections that I've highlighted. I'm going to go back and read again. So, great book. So, there you go. Half a dozen stocking stuffers for you, a financial note that uh, might be something that fits somebody on your list to a T, if you will. Financial Coach puts this together every year. It's our little uh, festive season handoff to you, if you will. 
We're back again soon with another edition of Making Money. And if you have a suggestion about a show or a question on something we've touched on, feel free to contact us. Our website is letsmakemoney.ca, or you can reach us through our friends at cfcw.com, where the show is hosted. Ron Hebert is the financial coach. I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you soon on Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.